think about the concept of rare, it's often synonymous with unique, valuable, precious. But what about in the context of disease? Rare diseases are defined as having an extremely low prevalence, yet an estimated 30 million Americans have one. That's one in 10 people. Listen as we uncover some of the inspiring stories of lives touched by rare disease and see how in the end, we all have rare in common. Hi, I'm Andra Stratton, and we've got a special episode for you because it's Rare Disease Day. It's so exciting. It's a funny thing to celebrate, um, maybe seemingly to the general population. But for those of us with a rare disease who uh, often talk amongst each other about rare disease every day. It's a day where we get to feel really proud and show our zebra stripes uh, and talk about um, not only our struggles, but really our triumphs. So happy Rare Disease Day, everyone. The theme of this year was bridging health and social care. What does that mean? I think that means focusing on bridging the gaps in the coordination between medical, social, and support services in order to tackle the challenges that people living with rare disease face every day. Rare Disease Day is so important because it brings people together around the world to raise awareness of rare diseases and their impact on patients and families. And really, it's a day of celebration. When we took the podcast, Rare and Common on the Road, we had so much fun. This was just a few months back, and we had a chance to meet with so many inspiring people at the Global Genes Rare Patient Advocacy Summit in 2018. One thing that really stood out for me was Rachel Callender's keynote speech. Rachel is a speaker, author, and patient experience advocate. She works globally with healthcare professionals to educate on the importance of effective and empowering communication in healthcare. Again, there's so many inspiring stories, and and whenever somebody gets on stage and has the opportunity to tell their personal story, it impacts us all in a unique way. Um, One thing Rachel did, though, that I had not heard before was um, ask three questions um, that that really we should ask ourselves in our journey with rare disease. There are three really big questions um, in the space of rare disease, especially with health professionals and, and even families and parents to consider. What are you proud of? Like, I loved being asked, what are you proud of? for Evie, because I could talk for days about what I was proud of with Evie. And in a health professional space, when somebody connects with you like that, there's, there's a relationship that's built, there's trust, there's a respect. When someone saw my child as a, as a human being, I really liked that health professional, and I listened to everything they said, and I got the best out of their knowledge. What do you hope for? Like for me, with Evie scooting on the floor on her back, having that independence, I really wanted her to keep that movement up. Like, I wasn't concerned about her reaching the proper milestones of of walking by age, whatever. Like, that wasn't appropriate for Evie. I wanted her to be free. And so when my health provider and professional said, well, let's make this happen, Let's, let's enable this, I felt seen and heard and respected. And the last one, what are you afraid of? And this is a really confronting space often, but one where the 
the most care can happen if people are brave enough to reveal these things. Because I was terrified of Evie vomiting, choking, aspirating, and me not catching it in time. And so when I revealed this to my health professionals, they said, well, you know what, we're gonna send you home with a sucker machine and an oxygen machine. So when this happens, you can buy yourselves a few more minutes. We will empower you. And honestly, it kept us out of hospital nine times out of 10 because they listened to my deepest fears and enabled that. We were so moved by Rachel's keynote that we asked the same questions to some of our podcast guests. Today, we're bringing you the highlights of the poignant answers we received. Even though we all have many different stories and are at different points in our journeys, we share similar commitment to learning community, stronger when we come together. It's such a strong message on this Rare Disease Day, what it really means to have rare in common. So let's jump in. Amanda Joksha has a daughter who was diagnosed with CDKL5 deficiency in 2012. She's on the board of directors for the International Foundation for CDKL5 Deficiency and is also their treasurer. So what stands out to you um, from the perspective of, of rare disease and all of these families together? What, what is standing out to you as feeling the most impactful so far? There's people here to connect with that can help you um, get moving in the direction you need to go. I think that Together We Are Stronger is certainly um, showcased here. Uh, there's so many people here who are interested in helping the community. Yeah. And um, I think that, you know, seeing and meeting people affected by, by the treatments that they're trying to make is impactful. And um, it's been impactful for me like I said, to see patients here advocating for their, their own needs. So let me ask you, uh, what are you most proud of? I'm most proud that we have the capability to move on in the rare, rare disease community by um, advocating and working through our own problems. Um, I think, I believe it's the ARC has, has a tagline, nothing about us without us. Right. And I really, um, I, I feel that that's a big part of what's going on here. They're, they're you know, um, they're definitely making rare um, the center, uh, you know, the patients, the center of the, the communities that are um, in here trying to uh, help them. My daughter's nonverbal. We don't get to talk about things. But to be here and see folks who can talk to me about what's going on with them is, is really helping me um, be a little more aware of things my daughter may or may not be going through or ways to better um, appreciate her journey. Lindsay and Melissa are co-presidents of the FCS Foundation, which helps people living with familial chylomicronemia syndrome, a rare, life-threatening, and often painful disease. Last summer, when the FDA did not grant final approval for the first-ever therapy for FCS, called Waylivra, the decision rocked the FCS community. But they've banded together to become stronger than ever and are continuing their fight. So in this context, what are you most proud of? I think I'm most proud of, and I think you feel the same, um, that when we heard the news from the FDA, we didn't just back down and say, okay, well, you know, that's what it is. We really came together as a community. We thought of ways that we could move forward and, you know, raise more awareness and take this as 
really an opportunity to get stronger. And I think I'm really proud of how we rallied as a community. What gives you hope? I think just seeing how the community did come together and say, okay, this is what we need to do. And people who have been quiet in their experience with the disease over the course of the last two years that we've had the foundation have suddenly come out and they're motivated. Yeah. And we're kind of meeting them yeah. for the first time. And now they are showing up and they're engaging in conversation and dialogue and they're connecting with other people. And that's really exciting because when Juliana was first diagnosed, I didn't think that would ever be the case for her. And now there's this community growing that she's going to grow right into and have access to. And that gives me hope because I think we're fighting this fight right now for We Livra. And who knows what comes down the way, but we're growing our community and strengthening it. And what are you most afraid of? Right now, I think I have hope about We Libra, but I think that I am also afraid if that drug doesn't get approved, what that means for, you know, my future. And then the patient, I mean, all the FCS patients' futures as well. I mean, especially after hearing their personal stories, you just want the best for them. And that scares me to think that some people that really so desperately need this option might not get that. At the age of 14, Christine was diagnosed with a rare bleeding disorder called thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura. Growing up sick and trying to fit in was a really difficult thing for Christine. As an adult, she is inspired to reach out to others. It was her first time at the Global Gene Summit, which she called the coolest thing ever. You have a lot of experience under your belt and advocating for yourself. What advice would you give to someone who is coming into this space? I think the biggest thing would be to find a support system. Um, I think that um, for myself personally as a patient, I learn a lot more from other patients. I learn more from patients than I do from doctors. Um, So I think starting out, it's important to establish like kind of a little community of your own and a support system of of people that kind of get it. Um, And then, you know, as you go through those experiences, it's a little easier um, and you just have that guidance from someone else. Yeah. And what inspires you to keep going? It's the other people. So it is the future of what's going to happen. So what I'm hoping is just to use my experiences and, and what I've learned to help other patients maybe not have to go through yep. what I've been through. I yeah. did it. I got through it. But now you can do it, and it'll be a little bit easier. Exactly. Like Christine, Luke Rosen shares a similar need to reach out to others and develop a strong support system. In 2016, Luke's daughter Susanna was diagnosed with a rare degenerative disease, called KIF-1A-associated neurological disorder. After hearing his diagnosis, Luke quickly found that there was very little information on KIF-1A, but he turned that challenge into action and blazed a new path for KIF-1A research. Since there is no cure or treatment, Luke created KIF-1A.org, which raises awareness and money for research and discovery of a new treatment. He made so many quick strides that Luke was one of the recipients of the Rare Champion of Hope Award for advocacy at this Global Gene Summit. As Luke feels he was given so much from the rare disease community, he now gives so much of himself to others who need his mentoring. His dedication is inspiring.
So the three questions that came up this yeah. morning, uh, what are you most proud of? I'm most proud of my children. Right. Like that's the, yeah. And then I, t- you know, and then, then that immediately relates to exactly, yeah, that's what I, that's yeah. when I wake up in the morning, that's what I, I'm Your children. most proud of my kids. You know? What are you most hopeful for? That we can give my children and children like her a, a, a meaningful life because, you know, that's constantly in question is how meaningful are we going to be able to make Susanna's life and, and the life of, of kids with other um, challenges like hers? Because, yeah. you know, there's... And what are you most afraid of? That we're not going to be able to give meaning to her life. I mean, she already has... She, her life already means so much, you know. But when I say meaning, I mean um, the... Uh, there's so much inside of her that's just dying to come out right. on her to be able to have that independence you know and so what what i my, i'm hopeful that we'll be able to get there then i'm terrified that we might not be able to get there i also had the chance to talk with angie Rowe, interim executive director of global genes which is now in its 10th year angie is inspired by the rare community because of the shared experience regardless of the disease state so what are you most proud of my two boys yeah and what are you most hopeful for Gosh, I, you know, I, I'm most hopeful that we can get to a place in this world where people are more accepting of one another. Not just in rare disease, but I, I mean, I feel like we've kind of lost our way a bit. And I would hope that for my boys that I'm so proud of, that we can find a way. And what are you afraid of? That we won't get to that place. <laughs> now, honestly, I mean, yeah. like that that we won't find our way and we won't find that commonality. And that is, you know, we've kind of I feel like we've kind of lost our way. And I hope that we, you know, as a as a community of people on the earth, not just in rare disease. Right. You know, I just would like I really I'm afraid we won't find our way. But we're a special community. We so are the rare disease special. community can like take what we are able to do as a community and just spread that to everybody would be awesome. That's true. So I suppose as we wrap up Rare Disease Day, I should share my answers to those three questions. And I feel like it's cheating a little bit because I got to listen to some of my colleagues and mentors' um, answers. Um, So I really thought about this. And so I'll ask myself, um, what am I most proud of? I I think I'm most proud that I have taken really challenging life experiences, like my lipodystrophy diagnosis, and persevered. So for, for lipodystrophy specifically, my kids were... I don't know, 10 or so when I was diagnosed. So they were really watching how I handled the diagnosis. And I really feel like I have with other things in my life, I just said, okay, if you're gonna be if you're gonna do something, if you're gonna be something, be really good at it. So I have modeled to them that a diagnosis does not have to end anything. As a matter of fact, it really creates uh, a beginning. Um, What am I most hopeful for? For me, I think I am most hopeful that 
in the next few years, all of our awareness activities will lead to uh, a young teen going into her doctor's office, uh, getting a diagnosis of lipodystrophy, and really then having the physician say, okay, we know what lipodystrophy is, and there's going to be some struggles, but they're manageable, and let's work together, you know, to make it a smoother path. I mean, sure, I'd like to say that I'm hopeful for a cure, but truly just creating this awareness and um, making the path much easier for the next person is what I can hope for in the short term. And then finally, what am I most afraid of? This one's tricky because I think when you receive a diagnosis, um, my principles are that knowledge is power. Um, But let's face it, knowledge also creates a little bit of fear. So in me, I think now understanding what happens to my body when I consume food, like how my body processes food, I'm honestly most afraid that my next meal will be one that tips the scale between health and illness. Next episode, we'll be back with Melissa Hogan. Melissa has a son with Hunter Syndrome and is president of Project Alive, a nonprofit dedicated to fund research and find a cure for Hunter Syndrome. Melissa was a recipient of the Rare Champion of Hope Award for Advocacy at the Global Genes Rare Summit based on her drive and determination to overcome challenges and advocate for her son and for others. So this episode wraps up year one of Rare in Common, and there's no better way to say thank you uh, than happy Rare Disease Day. Keep on listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rare in Common podcast. Tune in for more at rareincommon.com, listen to other episodes in the archives, and sign up to find out when new episodes are released. Rare in Common podcast. Click, listen, feel.